Good morning. Everybody doing all right? Yay. All right. Um, as you can see, we have our Lord's Supper before us. Uh, so as we get ready to approach the table, let us sing, let us break bread together. Hymn number 366. begin by saying welcome to everyone who's here. Um, all right, if you're ready to worship God, say amen. amen. All right, sweet. All right, um, well, to begin our announcements, our February's newsletter is back on the back table, so please pick one up so you know what's going on uh, throughout the, this month. Um, also, they had the calendar in the, uh, in the newsletter so that you could post it on your refrigerator or whatnot. It's pretty good size so that you can keep up with what we're doing. Also, the calendar is on our website, so if you just have want to look at the calendar real quick, you can go on our website and, and see what's going on this week, next week, and, and the month. So that's calendar stuff. All right. Uh, there, there's, the, there's not going to be a, a Bible study, adult Bible study tonight, because I'm taking the youth to a Super Bowl party. Woo! Uh, we're going to meet here at 2 p.m. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and all that kind of stuff. We're going to get back probably around 11 uh, so y'all please pray for Ashley and I as we be with the youth. And pray for the youth as well, that they have fun. And that even though this is a uh, party to, for the Super Bowl, but that we can be together and, and the God's truth is, is still preached and, and, and acted upon. There's going to be uh, two meetings tomorrow at 6 p.m. The music and youth leadership is going, are going to have a meeting. And then the 7 p.m., the finance committee is meeting. And then for our community groups this week, there's only going to be two meeting. On Wednesday, Dreama and Gina will be meeting at Dreama's house at noon on, um, on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, uh, Richard and Tanalea will be meeting at their house at 6.30 in the evening. Ashley and I won't have ours this week. We'll have ours next week so that we'll alternate weeks. The deacons meeting will be next Sunday, February 8th. So if you're a deacon, then please uh, plan to be there for that. It's going to be immediately after the worship service. And then also, uh, the last announcement for today that I have, uh, we have a, a youth fundraiser coming up. It's, we're calling it Dinner and a Movie. It's, the movie is Mom's Night Out, uh, but it's going to be with the meal. It's going to be, the, the adults are going to have cordon bleu, uh, chicken cordon bleu, mashed potatoes, and salad, while the kids uh, have chick chicken tenders and uh, tater tots and jello. 
Unless an adult wants chicken tenders, tater tots, and jello, they can have that as well if they want. But uh, right now, those are for the kids. The uh, tickets are uh, $10 for adults, $6 for, uh, for kids, because we do have child care. Uh, it will be pr provided for them. So make sure that you talk to Ashley or I. We have a list. We have tickets for everybody who wants to go. This will be uh, February 15th, uh, the day after Valentine's. Uh, so it's in two Sundays from now. Uh, not next week, but the week after. So make sure you pick up your ticket uh, and be there for that and support our youth as we uh, try to raise money for our summer camps. Now for uh, prayer concerns, um, I want us to continue to remember uh, all of those who are uh, listed in our prayer concerns in our bulletin, the people that are hurting and, and need to be lifted up uh, to God for whatever ails them. Um, also, uh, lift up Ashley's grandmother and Wayne Dill, Alice Dill's husband, uh, who both ha uh, have recent, recent bouts with uh, blood clots. So please lift those, uh, them up in your prayers this, this week. Also, lift up the family and friends of uh, Jane Higgins, Kaki Higgins' uh, sister-in-law, and uh, uh, Calvin Worley. Continue to lift up uh, the family and friends of Calvin Worley. That's Heath Worley's uh, father. Are there any other prayer concerns that need to be made known. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you humbled by your love for us. And may we approach you, as the song said, may we approach you by kneeling in our humility, in an act of worshiping you, not worried about what's going on this evening, this week, what happened yesterday, but just being focused here on worshiping you, humbling our spirits and our minds and our souls to you. Father, I ask as we are about to partake in the table that you allow us to remember why we are taking part, why we approach your table. God, as we sing our songs, we pray our prayers, as we read scripture and as we speak, God, I pray that it is all glorifying and praising to you, and it is all according to your will. It's in your precious Son's name we pray through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will the deacons come forward? This is um, the Lord's table, table, the Lord's Supper. It's also called communion because it's communion with God, but it's also communion with all our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. So with that, if you're not a Baptist, but if you have believed in Jesus and you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then we ask that you partake with us as our brother and sister in Christ. We'll be reading through Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. Well, let's begin with prayer. Father, silence our hearts and our souls and our minds so that at this moment we might hear your Holy Spirit working in us, speaking to us through the, the, the cup, speaking to us through the bread, reminding us that you sacrificed yourself. That you gave up yourself. Your son touched this ground, breathed in this air, so that we might have eternal life. And God, as we take part in the cup and as we eat the bread, may we remember and have joy and celebration in our hearts. It's in your precious son's name we pray through the Holy Spirit. Amen. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples.
And Jesus said, take eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them. Jesus said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you. And I ask that as we allow that juice to run down our throats, that it rejuvenate us, that it reminds us of the blood that ran down the cross, the blood of salvation, the blood of eternal life. And God, I pray that as we go throughout the rest of this service, that we allow the reminder of that blood, of that body broken, propel us into holding on to your truth, to allowing your spirit to move within us, In your precious Son's name we pray through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
morning, good morning. Y'all have a seat. How are y'all today? Good. Well, look what I have. Who knows what this is? Okay, and what's this? Yeah? What's this? Can you see it? It's kind of little. Yeah, what's that up there? And what's this? It's a bunch of crosses, right? Now, what kind of stuff? So this is, an, what is this? A necklace. And this, I hang it, oh, wow. I hang it up on a, a wall, and it's a decoration, right? And this one, it can sit on a desk, and it can just sit there, right? And you have these that are on top of our communion container, the, the canisters for that, right? They're all over the place. Why do you think we have the crosses everywhere? Why do you think? There's one on the flag, too. That's right, yeah. Why do you think we have crosses everywhere? Because it's a church. But how come, how come I wear one on my neck? That's not, how do I wear it on my neck? Or I have this in my house. Why do you think? Because you know what the cross is? It's a symbol. It's a symbol of Jesus. And it's a symbol reminding us about what Jesus did for us, for the sacrifice when he gave his life so that we can, we can know God and we can go to heaven one day and be with him, right? He did get dead on the crosses, that's right. And then he came back alive, that's right. You're so right. You are so smart. But look what the Bible tells us about the cross. And this is a little funny. We'll talk about it. You know what it says? It says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's kind of funny sounding. What does that mean? Am I supposed to carry a cross around all the time? Not necessarily, no. But you know what it means? It means sometimes we have to remind ourselves that everything we want isn't the right thing, right? We have to deny ourselves. That means sometimes we have to do what we know we're supposed to do, what God calls us to do, even when it's not what we feel like we want to do, right? You have three Bibles. That's awesome. So we have to take up our cross and follow Jesus. That means we've got to do what Jesus calls us to do. How do we know what Jesus wants us to do? Do you? How do, you know, how do we know what Jesus wants us to do? We read our, what books do y'all have at home? You have the Bible. We have to read the Bible to know what Jesus wants us to do, right? Yeah, so that we can pick up our cross just like these and take it and know what Jesus wants us to do. We've got to read the Bible and know what Jesus calls us to do. And sometimes we've got to do it even when we don't feel like it, right? Even when maybe we're tired and we don't want to be nice to that person on the playground, and we don't really want to share our toys because I really wanted to play with that. But we should know we should share our toys, right? To be nice. And because Jesus calls us to, to love other people, right? That's what he tells us in the Bible. So sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do so that we can follow God. And we've got to see what he wants us to do by reading the, what do we have to read? The Bible and learn what the, Jesus tells us. Y'all are so smart. Good job. You ready to pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, God for loving us and for sending your son to die on the cross and to raise again, to become alive again and saving us all so that we can know you, God, and have a relationship with you. Father, I just pray that you help us to know that um, we have to follow you. We have to read your Bible so that we can know what you want us to do. And even when it's not easy, give us the strength to do the things that are right, even when it's not what we really want to do. Father, I ask that you would just watch over these precious boys and girls and your son's Jesus' name, amen.
Let's pray. Father, again, I just, I just continue to ask that you humble us, that you make it real to us so that we can have a genuine, authentic experience with you. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit continues to blow through our hearts and our souls and our minds, bringing us to our knees. God, we have so much to be thankful for. But no more than the cross and the empty tomb. You have blessed us so much. And God, I pray that the tithes and the offerings and the gifts that are that will be given will be done according to your will. Will be given out of joy. It's in your precious son's name we pray through the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you, Anne. Our scripture reading for today comes from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. John writes, After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach Yet the disciples did not know that it was him. So Jesus said to them, Children, do you not have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find a catch. So they cast the net. And then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Let's pray. Father, I ask that help us get back to the heart of worship. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might just see your glory. And Father, as we dive in to your word, your truth, as we talk about what you have called us to do, which, who you have called us to be. I implore you, God, to rip apart our hearts and our souls and our mind from what is unrighteous, which you do not deem good. That you lay them away, that you put them in front of the cross and have us stand before you as you would call us to be. And Father, I pray, I pray 
pray personally that you just remove my will, my desire from this whole equation, that you take away my desire, and that you just place yourself in it. That you allow the words that come out of my mouth be only your truth. And if not, then go a step further and only allow your truth to enter the hearts and the minds and the souls of those who are here. Father, I pray above all that your name is glorified and your will is done. It's in your son's precious name, Jesus, that we pray the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to tell you a story real quick before we get started. A story of three bears. There was a papa bear, a mama bear, and a baby bear. Now, Mama Bear was trying to be nice, so she was going to make some oatmeal before they went to church. So she made everybody the oatmeal the way they like it. You know, Papa Bear liked his hot. Baby Bear liked his little, not too hot, not too cold, but there. And Mama Bear, she loves hers cold. Well, as Mama Bear just finished making the oatmeal, she realized that she was really late, and everybody was really late to church, so she had to go, and she woke everybody up, and they didn't even eat. They just had to go get to church, just like everybody did this morning, right? Well, no more than five minutes after the three bears left their home, this little girl, she, for whatever reason, was out in the woods where bears are, which that's always been sketched to me. I've never understood why a little girl would be out with three little bears, but that's beside the point. She's out there in the woods, and she goes in, and she's like, I'm thirsty. I need some water. So she goes to the little wooden faucet, because they didn't have metal. They're bears. They have wooden faucets. So they have wooden faucets. She gets her the little wooden cup, and she tries to get some water out of it, and she drinks it, and it, and it feels good. But then something catches her, her nose, her nostrils, she smells something that smelled really good. And she looked over on the counter, there were three bowls. One of the bowls was a little larger, and then the medium-sized bowl, and then a little small bowl. And she just went over there, and she's like, well, they left this. They, they, they don't care about this. So she went, and she tried the first one, the big bowl, and she tried it, and she had to spit it out. It burnt her tongue. It was so hot. Well, she's like, this is way too hot. Can't eat this. So she went to the second bowl, the medium bowl, so she ate that, and it was really cold, almost ice cold. And she's like, whoa, this is too cold. And then she went to the medium bowl, and you know the story, and it was just right. Well, she ate all the oatmeal, and she was like, whew, my stomach's a little achy. So she went, and, and she looked over, and she saw three chairs in the living room, and she, she saw the big one, and it looked nice, so she went and she sat on it, but it was really hard, almost like a rock. It was really hard. And then, uh, so she was like, I can't sit here. This is, this is uncomfortable. So she went to the next one, and the next one was a little bit smaller, but bigger than the last one, but it was too soft. She just fell right into it. She, her feet fell up in the, uh, the air so soft. She just couldn't uh, get comfortable. It was so soft, so she went to the next one. And as you know, it was just right. Well, then she got tired of sitting, and she almost fell asleep, so she's like, uh, if I'm going to fall asleep, I might as well go to the bed. Well, she got to their bedroom, and she found this big, lush bed, and she laid on it. She jumped on it, actually, because she thought it was going to be really soft, because it's a bed. You're supposed to have soft beds, but unfortunately, it was really hard, and it hurt her back. She's like, this is way too hard. I can't lay here, so she went to the next bed, and Again, it was way too soft. And then the third bed, and you know the story. It was just right. Well, after church, she was there and she fell asleep. And after church, the three little bears, the three bears came back. And the father bear walked in first. He opened the door and he walked in. And then the mama bear came in after him. And then the baby bear came in after them. And then they were walking in, and, and Baby Bear was like, oh, I can't wait to eat my food. I'm so hungry. I didn't eat before. This is going to be amazing. I've been wanting this so long. He gets there, and his bowl is all empty, and he tells his mom, Mama, I have no more oatmeal. Somebody ate my oatmeal. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. So he got all sad. He was going to go sit down. 
He's like, somebody has been sitting in my seat. This doesn't feel the way it used to. Well, for whatever reason, he went into his, uh, into his bedroom, probably to take off his bare clothes because he was at church. He was wearing his nice tie, bare tie, and bare suit. So he was taking that off. He went to his, uh, his bedroom, and he found the little girl there. And you can imagine the scream that he gave. This little bear seen this, this girl, foreign girl, in his bed. I'm sure he was screeching really loud. And when she woke up, she started screeching as well. So she gets, got up and jumped out of the window. And that's the story of the three bears and Goldilocks. You all know that story, right? I probably didn't have to be so dramatic and tell it so slowly, did I? But I've been told I speak too fast, so I'm trying to slow down. Well, you're also probably wondering, why am I telling the story of the three bears? Well, it's because it relates to Christianity as we approach it. Because we live in a comfy Christian Christianity. We make choices in our lives and in our churches based uh, on what is most comfortable for us rather than what truly fulfills God's will, God's desire. We too often, way, way too often we attend a church or leave a church because we agree or disagree with the translation that the preacher is reading and preaching out of. We disagree and agree on the style of music that, the, that is being played. We agree or disagree on the color of carpet that is being, we're walking on. We agree or disagree uh, with the pastor's uh, direction or what he, what he or she visions for the future of the church. Uh, there's many different reasons. You can go on any blog, a Christian blog or any, I mean, sure, y'all have heard stories of there's reasons why people leave and go and all that kind of stuff. And we, we pick and choose the reasons why we want to stay or go. That doesn't mean that there are real issues that cause people to come and to leave a certain church. I'm not saying that at all. But I have, I have, heard, I have heard way too many churches that have split because they couldn't agree on the color of carpet. You thought I was kidding, but it's true. I know that there's been two churches that I know of that have split because of the color of carpet. They couldn't agree on what they wanted in the sanctuary. And I'm sure you know that there have been churches that have split because of the style of music. One of my churches that I grew up around, not, I didn't go to this church, but it was in my small town that I grew up in. And there were two people that disagreed, and the entire church basically split down, split down the middle because one backed one and the other one backed the other. So they, the whole church split because two people couldn't agree, couldn't get along. That's not Christianity because that is not what Jesus has called us to do. That is not what Jesus has called us to be. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about finding cushy seats. Christianity is at its foundation of faith out of persecution. Jesus says in Matthew 16 verses 24 and 25, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever wishes to lose his life for my sake will find it. That doesn't sound like a call to live a life of comfort. Does it? Rather, it is a call to live a life of reckless abandonment for Christ's sake. In his popular book, Radical, David Platt recalls a meeting he had with 20 leaders from a, a different churches in the area of this country. He, he doesn't want to tell the, the city or the nation that the meeting was taking place only because, only that it was in Asia, out of uh, where, where Christianity was illegal, or their meeting meeting place was illegal. He didn't want to tell where exactly it was out of the keeping the people safe. And Platt tells us, uh, said that the 20 leaders had intentionally come into this place at different times throughout the, the morning so that not to draw attention to where they're meeting because it was illegal. 
The reality is, if they were caught, they could lose their land, their jobs, their families, and their lives. Needless to say, Platt tells us that every time there was a knock at the front door, or even a sound made outside the window, everyone in the room would freeze in tension. They gathered to discuss what was happening in their churches in, their, in this hostile land. One leader said that some of the people in his church had been kidnapped by a local cult and torturing them. Other leaders spoke to the danger they faced from government officials threatening their, not just their lives, but their families' lives. One leader said, I need to know how to lead my church to follow Christ even when it costs them everything. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the tension that lingers and the desire to follow Christ even when it might cost everything to do so is what Jesus meant when he said, carry the cross and follow me. We have weakened Jesus' call to the cost of discipleship by saying that Jesus meant something else. That it wasn't this radical call to our lives. That it was just something else. But the truth is, Jesus was calling us to live a life that seems absolutely foolish to the world. He calls us to live a life as reckless Christians for Christ. But somewhere down the road, we as Christians have lost that recklessness. We've lost that reckless call. History books tell us in, in 300 AD, Christianity was a small minority in Ro the Roman Empire. In fact, less than 10% were Christians and were constantly being discriminated against and persecuted. But only 100 years later, in 400 AD, Christianity was the official religion of the empire and was pretty much practiced everywhere. Now, on the surface, you could say this is a wonderful thing, except that history books record records tell us that the majority claimed Christianity as their faith for political and social purposes. Not because they had a relationship with God Almighty. You may say, I, I, I'm being judgmental when I say that, but that's not really from me. That's straight out of history. Once Christianity became the official religion of the state, people who professed to be Christians got benefits that otherwise they would not have received. So the majority held Christianity as if it was some kind of title rather than a faith. They would go around, I'm Christian, and feel good about themselves, and they would be looked upon nicely rather than it being a call on their lives to fall down before Christ, to live their lives out of humility. Christianity was what was in style. So the majority chose Christianity out of selfish desire rather than out of a repentive and submissive heart. That's, the, that's in history books. That's not just me speaking. Then the Roman Empire fell, and Europe was thrown into a tailspin of political uh, chess. All the while using Christianity for a call to war, or using Christianity as a shield against the inhumane uh, acts of the state. It got to the point that so-called Christians were using Jesus' name to murder other people. How far and misguided we have come from Jesus' call to carry our own cross and follow him. And now we are in the United States of America where we have the right to worship our God openly without fear of worry, of, perse of persecution that some of our brothers and sisters around the world face daily. Now please do not, do not, not misunderstand me. I'm ever so thankful that we live in a country that allows us to worship our God regularly and openly. I say amen to that. Thank you. I am so thankful for that. But at the same time, we must, all of us must recognize that by living in a country that allows us to worship God freely, we have lost some of the dramaticness, the recklessness, the radical, the teeth 
That is our faith. I mean, you woke up this morning on a comfortable mat- mattress, right? Not too hard, not too soft, just right. And freely drove or walked to church. We opened the doors and turned on the lights of this church this morning without uh, a thought of or fear of somebody coming in and shooting us or anything like that. Inside these walls, we sing songs of, of praise. We pray, we read scripture, and take part in the Lord's Supper with, with all, all with no fear of persecution, no concept of our lives, our very lives, being on the line for our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Rather than having lookouts at the door to signal when there is danger approaching, we have greeters and ushers that happily welcome you in and hand you a bulletin. Now, do not misunderstand. I am thankful that we have the ability to do this, but we, you have to recognize we lose some of the rawness of Christianity, of what Christ has called us to do, crawled us to do. So how do we get back to the rawness of Christianity. That's the point of this sermon series that we're about to get into. Reckless Christianity. Over the next several weeks, we will dive into what it not only looks like, but what it means to live our daily lives carrying our cross and following Jesus. And we're going to use Peter as our example of being a reckless Christian. So this brings us to our passage for not just this today, but for the entire time. This will be, we'll be con- continually going back to this passage, John chapter 21, 1 through 11. In this passage, as we, s- we will see in the coming weeks, Peter, de- Peter's desire, uh, Jesus, was more than life itself. He desired it more than, than food or water. And, and when, we ha- when he sees his Savior, Peter recklessly just steps out not just steps, he throws himself out. That's the word. He throws himself out of the boat to seek after Jesus. Foolish just to other people. The other disciples stay in the boat. They're happily just rowing in. But Peter throws himself out when he sees his Savior. The reality of Jesus' teaching is that you and I who claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, are to be reckless Christians for Christ. Not reckless as in the irresponsible or thoughtless or careless or uncontrolled or rash. Being reckless Christians for Christ means that we are called to throw every comfort this world can throw at us, can give us, out the window. And fearlessly step out in order to follow Jesus in whatever direction God desires. In Elizabeth Elliot's book, Through Gates of Splendor, she writes, I have one desire now, one desire, to live a life of reckless abandonment for the Lord, putting all my energy and my strength into it. My hope and my prayer is that through this sermon series, you and I, both of us, will also, will, will also have only the only desire, one desire, and that desire being to live our lives as reckless Christians for Christ with every ounce of who we are. They're like Goldilocks as we choose which oatmeal, which chair, which bed is most comfortable for us within Christianity. Today I'm asking us to do something, just one thing. I'm asking each one of us, myself included, to willingly step outside of our comfy cushion Christianity and receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit to be and to do as God has called us for the next several weeks. And I'm asking you to do this, to give God the chance to show you the joy and the peace 
there is in being a reckless Christian for Christ, no matter your setting, no matter if it's comfortable to you or not. I'm asking you to throw yourself out of the boat. This is Peter. Let's pray. Father, how amazing you are. How much you truly do love us. You love us so much that you gave up everything for us. You didn't have to come and step on this ground. You didn't have to come and breathe in this air. You didn't have to come to have your hands and your feet nailed to the cross and your head pierced by those thorns. You didn't have to come to be mocked. You didn't have to come to bring us salvation for eternal life, but you did, and I am so very thankful. I just hope that we all grasp the reality of what you've done. And we allow your spirit to carry us with the passion that we receive from that knowledge, from not just the heart knowledge or the mind knowledge, but the spiritual knowledge of knowing deep within that you gave up everything for us because you love us and you want us to follow you. You want us to have a relationship with you. And God, I just ask that as we go through this sermon series, that you guide us with your Holy Spirit. It's not about us. It's about you. God, I pray that you bring us back to the heart of worship. It's in your precious son's name we pray. Through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Father, I just ask for your help to do as you have called us to do, to be led by your Holy Spirit. So as we go out into this world that we are going as a light to this world, your light, and that you give us the strength and the boldness to do as you have called us 
to go and to make disciples, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach all that you have commanded. It's in your precious Son's name we pray through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.